Club Cosmos Radio. Hi, Malia. Hi, Kristen. It feels really good to be recording in A, your new house. I know. I feel so much better having moved. Yeah, you did it, girl. Move number 75. (laughs) 22. 22. That's Malia's moved 22 times. Just let that. Hello. Let that sink in. Tell us you have a moon in Sagittarius. Yeah. Without telling us you have a moon in Sagittarius. Conjunct Uranus. Um, What's up? What's new? How do you feel? How are you settling in? I'm settling. I'm actually, you know, despite this upcoming complicated chapter that Venus and Leo has, I really love Venus and Leo. It's like very lights, camera, action right now. (laughs) I know. I know. I mean, I've been excited. It's always fun to do the research for Leo because there's just so many good examples of it. I think that's helped like kind of be a nice little side activity from unpacking everything. The fabulousness of Leo contrasted to removing every stray bobby pin from the corner of every (laughs) weird drawer. (laughs) It's really felt like Mercury and Taurus. Wow. Do I have to keep thinking about everything I have and move it slowly and just be tired? It's like a sand mandala. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited for Mercury to go to Gemini. I feel like I need an admin day. Oh, it'll be so fabulous. I, yeah, Mercury through Taurus, really not my favorite energy it's a slog it's a dirty windows feeling of there's not a lot of light coming through here yeah (laughs) i'm squinting i'm in your brain yeah (laughs) yes yes the cobwebs are are thick um but i think you should leave is back on do you watch that show at all oh my god yes the most gemini man gemini (laughs) excellence (laughs) every time i watch it i'm like only a gemini would get away with this absolute nonsense like you don't even know where it's coming from in his brain it's nonsense and yet it's just a the gemini way of observing the way that people communicate and then like turning up the volume into just absolutely pure absurdity but in a way that connects enough to reality that it's just it's absolutely perfect I have to like ration these little episodes out. <laughs> I know it kills me. I mean, it really like the animation part for the metal man. Oh my God. <laughs> building a metal wall and crying, laughing at that part. It's exquisite. It's, it's giving, it's, it's giving me something to do. Cause I, oh, Vanderpump's yeah. over. It's like, what do we, what do we do now? Yeah. Watch another Vanderpump thing, from the beginning. Another thing we don't even have to really recap cause everyone has, but. That was dark, but I was laughing the whole time because Katie, who is usually the most curmudgeonly angry (laughs) one, was so like regulated as only an Aries moon could be. The war is happening. She's She's like totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, I can rest. She's like I can go take a nap. I feel so calm. (laughs) This feels fucking amazing. (laughs) Um. Yeah, and then I guess to segue us into this topic of Leo, Venus and Leo, mm. we got the news, the shocking, stunning news, we'll see if it ends up beca- being true, that Bill Murray and Khalees are dating. <laughs> I know, I believe What? <laughs> He's a total womanizer. Well, he is, and definitely, I think, a, a, a just a freckle past hair away from getting canceled (laughs) completely i know and she is stunning overlooked extra leo icon stream kaleidoscope now greatest album ever huge huge for my development does she have venus and leo 
Yeah. Yeah. She has sun, moon, Mercury, Venus. She has a lot in Leo. Right. Wow. Well, we'll see. We'll see what this portends. Um, Wasn't she the one whose neighbors called on, called the cops on her because she was having sex sex too loudly (laughs) and she probably has a huge house. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I love that. I love her for so many reasons, but one of a, a big one is that Basically, when she left the music industry, she became a saucier. Like, she became a chef. She became a sauce oh, expert. Really? Yes. And that's what she's Very been doing. Very Leo archetype also. <laughs> yeah, le chef. But yeah, love her so much. Like I said, stream kaleidoscope. We'll be wa- keeping an eye on this. I mean, the Leo Venus retrograde that we're about to talk about probably will be rolling over old Bill Murray's Pluto. So it'll probably be short lived. Yeah. Venus retrograde. Yeah, definitely. I have one Venus Leo thing. So obviously this week, New York city went orange. Oh yeah. And that was scary. And so I looked up the astrology for that day versus when the Bay Area went orange. Oh, wow. What did you find? So Mars has been in Leo and it's opposite Pluto. And on September 8th, 2020, when the Bay Area went orange, <laughs> Mars was in Aries square Pluto. Oh. And so Mars being in fire signs is very wildfire yeah. in a kind of literal way. But the freaky thing is both days, exactly two degrees of Venus in Leo Oh, how spooky. Isn't that weird? That's so weird. And Degree theory, people. <laughs> Sound off. <laughs> I know. And I looked at the Sabian symbol. I was like, what is this two degrees of Leo? And it was, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was like about an influenza or some kind of like contagious thing. And it was about the individual affecting the collective, like a single thing affecting the oh, collective. Oh, fuck. So spooky. Good job, Malia. That's Ooh. Yeah, conspiracy theories for orange days. <laughs> yeah, like, look out for <laughs> Venus in, in two degrees of Leo. Get your N95s up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about fiery. These are fire signs. Aries, Leo, Sag are the three fire signs. And burn, so... baby, burn. Exactly. Well, okay. Today, we're like we've said, we are talking about Venus in Leo. Venus went into Leo on June 5th and it's going to be there. This whole long period uh, is going to be October 8th through until October 8th. It's going to go retrograde on July 22nd through September 3rd. So basically September 3rd through October 8th is when it goes direct again. That big July to September, end of July to beginning of September area, all of August, all of Leo season (laughs) Mm -hmm. is going to be retrograde. Sorry. 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 <laughs> it's kind of a bummer for Leo's <laughs> to share, but do we want to maybe take a little half step back and just do a, a tight five on um, <laughs> Venus in the chart? What does Venus mean in the chart? Yeah. So Venus is, you know, very much about relationships and values and money. We talked about this a little bit with Jupiter and Taurus because Taurus is Venus ruled, but it's really like self-worth and how you find balance in the way that you relate to people. I think it's kind of gets too much credit as being like a romantic planet. Mm -hmm. It's really like the way that you relate to anyone. Yeah. Your attachment style. Yeah. um, Yeah. The role that you play inside of your relationships to others, basically, where Venus comes in and all the things that, yes, like you said, your values, the things that you find beautiful, the style Mm -hmm. of things you're attracted to, the aesthetics. If you've got Venus and Sag, you're going to say, I need some eclectic tchotchkes from all around the world to surround me to make me feel good. If you've got Venus and Capricorn, you're going to want one Calvin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> On a glass table. <laughs> yeah, which is very a very good point. It's like the aesthetics of if you're a creative or you're an artist, it often is what your art looks like or what kind of art you make. But it also is what you find attractive in people and things mm-hmm. and what you attract. It's funny, Venus and Capricorn, I feel like they're so good at making friends with very wealthy people yeah Yeah. there's like there's something about you that just feels expensive yeah come on to my yacht (laughs) 
Venus and Leo works pretty well, in my opinion. I mean, it's hot. Yes, it's hot, fun, frisky, performative. It's the big Rockettes finale. Um, dramatic. <laughs> dramatic, flamboyant. Yeah, bold. Fun. Like, yeah. fun party. It's a nice overlap between self-worth of Venus, how much do people value me, mm-hmm. and self-esteem of Leo. It usually doesn't have I'm a amazing. hard time with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's a nice it's a nice place for Venus to be. It's very attractive. The sun that rules Leo, Leos are the solar babies. It's the center of our universe. It glows. It has just life energy radiating out of it. And super Leo people have that too, which just is so attractive. They've got that riz. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they've got the thing that when you when you see a Leo chatting it up in the middle of a party, you're like, what are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think what's so appealing about them is that even if they are being over the top, ridiculous, dramatic, and too self-centered, hogging the mic, yes. you can't stay mad at them for very long because they have all the patience for you to be the same way. Right. They're like all about you being just as dramatic. It's not a scarcity mindset no. around it. the sun where it's like, yeah, let's just blow hot air into this whole room, <laughs> yeah. which That's is so true. Yeah, they can be, obviously, attention vacuums, but like you said, it is not a scarcity mindset, and in the way that the sun kind of reflects light, you know, it's it's also very generous mode. Like, they want to be mm-hmm. gassing people up as yeah. well and pointing out why they're exciting and filling people with the same sort of inner glow of, I'm that bitch that they have constantly mm-hmm. every single day, little cuties. I yeah. love Leos. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, they're really so supportive of your drama too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. And there's such a good ear when you have some gossip and a story to tell because yeah. they'll really give you the whole comedy tragedy face mask so they, they can really react. Yeah. <laughs> they really make sure that your performance lands as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why they're so great for karaoke. Yes, yes. Just to ground us, some Venus and Leo celebrities. These are the star performers. Madonna, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. Amy Winehouse. God, there's so many of them. Um, Whitney. 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 So, like Selena Gomez. And then yeah. just real A-lister celebrities. Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Venus and Leo. And Leo in general is just so built to be a celeb and a star. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. put on the old (laughs) razzle-dazzle. Yeah, they really do. What about Venus retrograde and when is it happening and what does it mean? Well, I did the unthinkable and listened to an episode of the astrology (laughs) podcast all the way through. And I say that not because it's a bad podcast. It's an incredibly informative educational resource. But it's dry as bone, darling. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> I, I sat through just minutes and minutes of math. Uh-huh. <laughs> just listening to people live mathing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, all to bring back some, some nuggets of, of truth about Venus retrograde. Really did learn a lot, though. So the Venus retrograde cycle is very interesting and kind of beautiful. Retrogrades, of course, it's it's when the apparent motion of a planet looks to us from our position on Earth to be going backwards. But of course, that just has to do with the relative speeds of the planet relative to Earth and the sun. And when a planet goes retrograde, it's actually it's at its closest to Earth. So Venus, Mm. it has an eight year retrograde cycle to come back to kind of around the point that it started. And that looks like a big five pointed star in the sky, which is where pentagrams come from for all of you teenage Wiccans out there. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's like everybody listening to this audience (laughs) fucked around with a pentagram (laughs) once or twice. But so what that means is that there are five points in the Venus retrograde cycle And it goes between five different signs in the chart. And it revisits them over and over again for 120 years (laughs) until it moves to a new sign. Eight years ago, Venus retrograded through Leo 
That was the last time. That was the last time. And eight years before that, it did it too, because mm-hmm. it really only progresses every eight years. It only progresses through the sign by two degrees. This is the first time that it's not retrograding through Virgo at all. Mm-hmm. But um, so if you have your rising sign, especially, but if your sun or your moon in any of these areas of the Zodiac, you're really being affected by the retrogrades that happen there every eight years and will continue to happen there really for the rest of your life. And those are right now, like the retrograde we're about to have starts at 28 degrees of Leo. So late Leo, then the next one will be early Aries, like at at 10 degrees of Aries. Then the next one will be at eight degrees of Scorpio. Then the next one will be at 20 degrees of Gemini. And the one after that will be at 24 degrees of Capricorn. And then we'll come all the way back to Leo and it'll start at 26 degrees and it'll just keep going and going. All of this is to say that if you have a good sense of your own chronology, and if you have a point in your chart in any of these signs, think about your life in eight year cycles, Mm -hmm. starting when these Venus retrogrades happen, because something so fascinating that I, (laughs) I learned in this episode of the astrology podcast, it had this guy, Mark Dagen, Dagen best, who is Dagen, Dagen, <laughs> Dagen, the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Venus retrograde guy. It's like his mm-hmm. obsession. And he basically talks about how you can tell whole life stories of people based on these. He went through the whole life story of Frank Delano Roosevelt, where this was back when Venus was retrograding through Taurus. And it's like the first one is his first appointment. And then the next one is when he meets Eleanor Roosevelt. And then the next one is a really low point in his presidency. And then the next one... It's a really high point of his presidency. And then the next one, he's dead. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if he had Venus and Taurus. I think he did. And I think a lot of the presidents at that time did as well. Like back then when Venus was retrograding through Taurus, it's moved on from that part since Mm -hmm. then because a lot of time Mm -hmm. has passed. But um, it also many presidents died during Venus retrograde in Taurus. Scary. I know it's scary, but I feel like it also has so much to do with Venus in Taurus, the sign of longevity and leadership. And this mm-hmm. is like Abe Lincoln getting assassinated. And this mm-hmm. is the time scale we're talking about here. <laughs> presidents died a lot more back yeah. then, you know? <laughs> Anywho, just to bring us back into reality, the cycle that Mark Dagan Best described, which I thought was interesting, because there's a little bit of a debate about whether retrogrades diminish the quality of the planet Mm -hmm. or if they intensify it. And he's saying definitely intensifying is what happens during a Venus retrograde, Mm. where in the shadow phase, which is, well... The planet is still direct, but it's going over the part of the chart that it's going to revisit again. Which is soon. In the retrograde, which is very soon. There, there's usually like a big moment where our social mores, social standards, our way of relating, where the consensus gets questioned. And hmm. then the retrograde cycle, the first phase of the retrograde cycle, there's scandals revealed, the new cycle heats up a lot, and we have to kind of reckon with the rules as we know them. Mm -hmm. So in these Venus retrograde cycles, we have Monica Lewinsky, Watergate, the Bay of Pigs, (laughs) the Cuban Missile Crisis, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, and George Floyd got murdered in the shadow period. And then, which I mean, obviously rocked the consensus, our sense of our social fabric, our sense of social Mm -hmm. connection, how people are treated in our society whose lives are valued and aren't valued and then in the retrograde cycle it played out through the whole summer of uprisings Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it we didn't mention that justice and injustice is a big part of venus and venus retrograde yeah and that summer 2020 george floyd moment for venus retrograde was in gemini too the way it played out on social media and the way people talked about what was happening was very Gemini and duplicitous for a lot of Mm -hmm. situations. People were getting called out for saying one thing and not behaving in another way or not having done that in the past. Right. Very Gemini to just be like, I'm saying it. Yeah. (laughs) Is that enough? (laughs) Yeah. It's like black square. (laughs) I do feel like Venus retrograde. Yeah. I kind of agree. Like it super magnifies the injustice of something. Yeah. Or the imbalance. 
And then the the retrograde cycle is trying to put together the pieces. Like, yeah, our, yeah. what's the new social? If, if, if there's a breach on this level of just sort of like the Venusian contract that we have with each other in our mm-hmm. society, and that gets upset or broken in some way, what do we do now? Yeah. And I find it interesting as we're approaching this, the shadow period for this Venus and Leo thing, Trump just got indicted. Who's a Leo rising. Who is a Leo rising and not just a Leo rising, a Leo rising at 29 degrees, which is right like between this stations retrograde. Yeah, exactly. And the last Leo retrograde started at zero degrees uh, Virgo in 2015, which is he announced his candidacy in the shadow period of that time. Wow. That's when, yeah. so it, it does have these interesting bookending stories to tell. And, yeah. and his chart is so affected by it. I really wonder because he's like such a fucking chaos magician that no rules really apply in certain ways. But I think just thinking about this framework about these consensus breaking events, I mean, we're going to have like an indicted guy that's going to run for president and probably going to win the nomination at least, you know, what does that mean? As if we have any ability to still be shocked by the absolute mendacity and fuckshittery (laughs) of our politicians, but damn, what do we do now? (laughs) Yeah. Plus Jupiter is going to go in Gemini next year, which, and he's a Gemini son, which makes me a little nervous or whatever, wary that he's going to get any real punishment. Yeah. Or that he might even get some bonuses. (laughs) Yeah. Let's hope not. Yeah. But, Um, but fair. (laughs) Yeah. Logically and historically fair. (laughs) (laughs) The shadow period starts June 19th. And then it doesn't go retrograde until July 22nd. Is that right? So yes. we have about a year. I mean, a, a month. <laughs> <laughs> drama. Yeah. Uh, we've had many years of drama at this point. <laughs> What's another? <laughs> a month of shadow period, which could be when something happens. Venus retrograde in Leo can definitely be some celeb scandals. Yeah, definitely, definitely anticipate celeb scandals. And something that's going to be so connected with this, I mean, it's not a big prediction, but the SAG strike, you know? The WGA has been on strike for, what? A month? Yeah, around a month. But Leo, (laughs) Venus and Leo, in terms of compensation and Mm -hmm. actors and their value, it just feels like a big SAG strike is absolutely inevitable. So many of the Venus and Leo themes are being activated by or are central to this strike. The replacement of real live (laughs) actors and performers by AI. Yeah, opposing Pluto and Aquarius. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. So we were sort of chit-chatting about this before and, you know, solidarity forever. Like, I hope that the actors and the writers get everything that they want and more but it seems logical that there'll be some big faux pas by some of the bigger actors in this process (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i was thinking about venus retrograde how it does kind of make the sign that it's in less attractive less appealing Mm -hmm. it really diminishes the cute venus sheen of that sign and so Some celebrities might not have a very good reputation in this period. No. And I I actually experienced this personally in 2021, like at the, at the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, when Venus went retrograde in Capricorn, it went retrograde on Pluto and Mm -hmm. it rolled right over my son and Mercury in the sixth house. And it coincided so crisply with basically me all of a sudden pleasure to have in class absolute (laughs) teacher's pet being in so much trouble at work and granted it was very toxic work environment and and in the venus retrograde way which we'll talk about what it means going through the houses but it was 
really like, oh, you think that you can just live in a soul sucking job that goes against your values just to kind of have a stable paycheck and mm-hmm. not really just kind of be acknowledged for your actual talents. Like, okay, how about now? <laughs> Does that still feel okay to you? Yeah. My whole shtick isn't really working anymore. <laughs> Nobody's really buying what I'm selling over here, which was just not to be whatever, but that never happens to me. Um, yeah, Venus retrograde sometimes has a little bit of amnesia around how much of a bummer it can feel yeah. sometimes. It can be and feel. I don't think it will be as bad this time around because we don't have so much Pluto, Saturn, Uranus mayhem, and it's a little bit softer. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a therapist, you know, mm-hmm. like as both a therapist and astrologer, one of my favorite things to understand about humanity and my little window into it is that there really are these tidal waves of how people feel mm-hmm. on the whole. And I have my 20 to 25 people I see a week and there can just be a tone where everybody's kind of feeling good and excited. And then one month or something where everyone's just so down and that last Capricorn Venus retrograde, it felt like every single person went on antidepressant. <laughs> it really felt like it was a, a struggle for a lot of people. Well, it's good to know that I wasn't the only one out here clinging by my very fingernails to any sense of joy or satisfaction. No, no. But it sounds like it played out so literally. Yeah, it did. But this shouldn't be, this should not be as, as raunchy as that, like you said. No, because Capricorn is kind of the sign that the shadow side of it is depression anyway. Mm-hmm. Leo is a little bit more about drama and scandal. Yeah. I'm always thinking about the opposite sign to give it context. Mm-hmm. And the opposite sign of Leo is Aquarius. Aquarius is so staunchly about authenticity and individuality mm-hmm. and free spirited thinking. Yeah. And, outsider mentality outsider mentality and they can put so much emphasis on that authenticity and uniqueness that it doesn't matter to them whether they're liked or not yeah and so leo allegedly allegedly (laughs) they still like to be the center of attention and that's the crux between the two or the axis they just try to pretend that they're distant from that (laughs) right they're above it all yeah but Leo's I, like, <laughs> Leo, you're gonna love me. Yeah. <laughs> Leo really, really wants to be loved. And they also really want to love. It's not the same preoccupation with making things as weird as possible. It's just like as entertaining as possible. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of warmth and generosity. And like we've been talking about in the past two episodes, it's a fixed sign. So yeah. it's there's a timelessness to it. Yeah. Do we want to kind of talk about what the these retrogrades might mean in in your chart? Go through the different houses. Yeah, let's go through the houses. I think with Venus retrogrades, it does bring gifts at first, but there may be a revision of how those gifts are really affecting you or what your values mean and change. There's just like with any retrograde, it's a lot of reflecting, revision, mm-hmm. revising. Yes, exactly. All the all the rewords. Yeah. It's interesting. Thinking about uh, retrogrades, Caroline Casey has this really beautiful way of putting it where retrogrades are like a bow and arrow. And the farther you pull back the bow during the retrograde, mm. the faster you shoot forward when it goes direct again. Mm, I love that. So all it, it all has a purpose. It's not just for meaningless suffering. You know? No, no, it's actually very productive. Yeah. And I actually love people with Venus retrogrades in their chart. Tell what does that what does that look like in your experience? I mean, I think when you're born with a retrograde, it often feels the most retrograde in its expression as a kid or when you're younger, it can feel like harder to really feel attractive or to make art or it can like all feel very internal. But the fact that it's harder, it creates such a rich inner world where you're constructing all of that and it may be hard to express it. Same with Mercury retrograde Mm -hmm. that you actually become so good at relating to people by the time you're an adult or just have really beautiful ideas that you're very considerate about but there's always with Venus especially really having to make sure you are always emphasizing your own self-worth in relationships yeah especially in Leo where it can be 
the shadow side is a little like the performance is wearing you a little bit. Yeah. Um, like Leos are naturally meant to shine in that way and be loved and be appreciated. That should just be something that is you're attracting. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you kind of start getting too into the weeds about monitoring people's re- reception of you and reaction to you and whether or not that's good enough or whether yeah. or not that makes you feel good enough. That's when you start getting into trouble and that's when your light starts really dimming. Yeah. That's the shadow side is that sometimes it can seem inauthentic because you're trying so hard to put on the good show <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. to be like, it can be a little despo. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you were born with Mercury, I mean, Venus retrograde, when it transits retrograde, it tends to feel less intense compared to other people's experiences. So you're used to this positive, yeah. positive outcome for those out there with retrograde planets. But the other thing I was going to say about transiting planets is every house that it transits through is always a new perspective on your natal Venus. Mm-hmm. It's just circling around your natal <laughs> Venus, giving it a little more dimension. <laughs> yeah. So it's always relating back to understanding your own natal Venus. Let's go through the houses, shall we? Yeah. All right. First house. This is for the Leo risings out there. Since this is your first house, this is your yourself in the world before Leo goes retrograde. Well, it's, I mean, before Venus goes retrograde, while it's still in Leo, might be time to think about a big, bold makeover, you know? Big rule of thumb, though, in astrology, you know, you don't want to do any dramatic change to your look that can't be reversed, like plastic surgery, drastic haircut, (laughs) (laughs) crazy bangs during a retrograde, because the odds that you're, especially in Leo, because the odds that you're going to hate it are much higher. Yeah. The, the, the odds that it's coming from a place that you really want to commit to um, <laughs> much lower. So yeah. try and keep the scissors locked up uh, while Venus isn't retrograde. Trims are okay. But in a kind of bigger picture sense, it's about reconsidering the impression that you make on people and reevaluating the roles that you're playing in your life. I think that really connects in a big way to what we were just talking about in terms of just like, is your performance, is your way of being in the world something that really reflects your deep and honest sense of self and your values? Mm -hmm. Or is it something that you're doing because it's giving you a certain level of positive feedback and that's why you're doing it? It's that's a big question for the first housers, but in general, also because it is your first house, it's reconnecting with your body, cleaning Com- out your closet. Yeah, <laughs> it really is like, do you feel confident in your body and your style and the way you look and the way people perceive you? Is it coming from a real place of self-esteem? Yeah, so true. And with the first house, Leo risings and the seventh house, which are the Aquarius risings, just because of that really important dynamic of the first and seventh house Mm -hmm. between the self and and the other in relationships. Are you balancing your we me time and we time in Mm -hmm. a way that feels, makes you feel like you're living your most vibrant and Mm -hmm. gorgeous, fabulous self. Yeah. And because it's Leo is like, is one person taking up too much of the limelight? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to throw some beads down on the stage. (laughs) Girls, bring them down. Yeah. Um, All right. Do you want to do the second house? Yeah. The second house is cancer rising. Second house really has to do a lot with money and self-worth and it's kind of a Venusian house to begin with. So are you making money in a Leo enough way? Are you getting income from really expressing yourself in a bold, playful, creative way? Or are you at least being valued for that side of yourself? And on a more emotional, psychological level, it's about reevaluating your self-worth and your self-esteem. And do you feel comfortable being in the limelight? Because you might actually be more successful that way. Mm -hmm. Or um, are you asking for enough money? Yeah, big one. Yeah. 
ask for a raise not while it's in retrograde but <laughs> yeah i mean again it's like you may <laughs> you may make some money and then you might have to reevaluate why yeah. how you made that money or you might have to like right. spend some of it on something unexpected but yeah right the third house which is for gemini risings i mean that's really the area that rules your communication style your everything kind of like local in your local environment your sibling, your relationship to your siblings. It's a little bit of a funny house, <laughs> mm-hmm. but are you taking up enough space in conversation? Are you taking up too much space in conversation? Yeah. Are you feeling like you're being heard? And it's also kind of learning the basics of, of things. It almost would be like the basics of an acting class or a dance class. <laughs> one one stuff, you know, <laughs> like it's, opposite the ninth house which is your mastery level and your Mm -hmm. expansion so it's a little bit of a beginner curiosity mindset Mm -hmm. getting curious about the things that are making you feel creative and expressive it's also just yeah your commute your day-to-day life the shop around the corner your local Mm -hmm. restaurant your neighbors these could play out in very strange and specific ways (laughs) for you in terms of how you feel your local world is is making you shine. And maybe you need to take up more space there as well. It's a funny one. Third house. Third house Leo is so big fish to me. Big it's fish, like, small pond. Yeah, it's like a community theater. Like being the <laughs> yeah. star at a community theater. It's so funny. Um, waiting for Guffman. I, I literally waiting for <laughs> Guffman was one of my recommendations. Oh, no, sorry. No, it's funny. It's perfect. We have yeah, the same range. yeah. Do you want to do the fourth house? Yeah, fourth house is Taurus rising. This is the house of home and family and family tradition and rooted rootedness, your feeling of rootedness and emotional security. So it can be pretty literal with Venus going through here. It's like renovating your space, your home, uh, redecorating it, making it more an expression of yourself and your creative vision and playfulness. It can also be an improvement and then kind of a revisiting of family relationships, maybe mending things that have been, have gone awry. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's opposite the 10th house, which has so much to do with career and our outward contribution to the world. It's reconsidering the balance of how much you want to be in your personal life versus your work life. This could be good for kind of digging deeper into the, family narratives and the the dynamic the role that you play inside of your family and and how that kind of reflects on everything else it's the the fourth house is the root of your chart the base of your chart yeah so it could be good to do some excavating with your therapist at this point and malia could be your therapist <laughs> play cards, right? maybe <laughs> i um I also, yeah, I think because it's Leo and it's so creative, I think something about looking at family traditions or like history, lineage, ways that family kind of roots itself or your lineage roots itself could be like a creative act. Oh, yeah, definitely. Make art about your fucked up family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the best art that's made about your fucked up family. Yeah, totally. Um, the fifth house. The fifth house. This is for Aries risings, and this is the house of the house that's associated with Leo traditionally. It's mm-hmm. creative projects. It's kids. It's fun. It's playfulness. It's dating. It's Leo's home base, and this is really the place of creative project. Reevaluating them. Is there one that you have been wanting to get off the ground forever and haven't quite figured out how to bring to life? Like this could be a really fruitful time to do some work around that. If you have kids, um, or if you're trying to have a kid, conceiving, fertility stuff, those are all captured in this house. It can be about the creativity of parenting and play, but also where your sense of individuality and your sort of inner shine is getting dimmed by all of your parenting responsibilities and how can you carve out some time for yourself to kind of feel that. Getting connected with your childlike and playful energy Mm -hmm. and being like a little silly Billy and not putting too much pressure on that. Like Mm -hmm. it's a lighthouse. It's a fun house. It's Mm -hmm. a dating house. Might be interesting to start 
go to check out some dates at this time if you're if you're looking for a relationship or if you're looking for a hookup like Mm this will teach you a lot about your venus uh start going on dates uh when venus in this period (laughs) uh when venus is rolling through your fifth house like this yeah generally good rule of thumb is to not start things during the retrograde but it's great for revisiting things you've already started the sixth house is for Pisces rising. It's making your work routines more fun and creative. This is really like the details of your day-to-day life. So with Leo, it's having a lot more fabulousness to your day-to-day <laughs> details, having more fun with your routine, your self-care, doing more fun forms of exercise like mm-hmm. dance or drama therapy or something improv class improv (laughs) class and feeling a little bit more playful and creative around your health just kind of a low pressure fun hobby part of the chart and it also rules co-workers and employees like kind of your day-to-day relationships with work so go to drinks after work with some friends yeah (laughs) yeah exactly it's like get to know who they actually are as people a little bit and let yeah show show off that show off your your identity a little bit and yeah. work a little more exactly or become aware that that's impossible <laughs> and adjust accordingly yeah <laughs> set a boundary yes seventh house big one like we said with the first house, this is for Aquarius risings. It's really time to evaluate the roles that you're playing in your close relationships because Venus is so relational. This is the house of relationships. There's a lot of big juicy work to be done here during this Venus retrograde. How are your relationships feeling? Do they feel good or bad? Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is actually, if, if you're an Aquarius rising, then Venus retrograding in this part of your chart is more the signature cliche of old relationships coming mm-hmm. back into the frame, exes, old partners, uh, you up text worth a revisit or what are my motivations for <laughs> responding to this one way or another? Take care of yourself. Don't let the Venus retrograde trick you into getting back with a stupid ex either. Usually not a good idea. Yeah, generally not. Aside from the relationships or like the the romantic partnerships, how much is your ego, Leo stuff, getting the way of your relationships to others? Or how much Mm -hmm. is your lack of ego getting in the way of being seen or Mm -hmm. taking up space in your relationships to others? Are you playing enough inside? Are, you, are your partnerships being are playful enough? Is there room for that yeah. level of lightness and and creative changing inside of your relationships? And yeah. just generally working on your confidence with your within your relationships and your close friendships and your business partnerships. Yeah. The eighth house, Capricorn rising. Eighth house is really all the secret taboo behind the scenes stuff. So it's sex and intimacy. It's how vulnerable and how playful you are with your vulnerability. Are you having sex that actually feels good? (laughs) It's also about collaboration and shared resources, the real activity of partnership. You know, are you being seen inside of your collaborations? It's also kind of a therapy house so it's having a little bit of fun with your own drama and trauma (laughs) it's like approaching it with some lightness and performativity in order to get through it creating a a one-man show (laughs) (laughs) out of your story i actually we're we're about to do our cultural recommendations after this our our programming series for this but that the way that you just like that really made me think of this my favorite book that i've read this year so far big swiss by jen began highly recommend it mm. it's basically a trauma plot minus the heaviness or sadness of it and mm. it's so funny it's so light it's basically this transcriptionist that lives in hudson and transcribes um the meetings of this local sex therapist and she falls in love with one of the patients that she's transcribing and they end up in this I love dick style obsessed relationship with each other. They both have so much trauma, but it's like a trauma plot can have a really happy ending and totally. be lighthearted and fun and playful. So really recommend that if you're a Capricorn rising to ground your eighth house Venus transit. It's also recommended to everybody. It's such a fab book. Okay, ninth house, Sagittarius rising. This is the big expansion house. This is for big learning, traveling, exploration, classes, school. 
how's your relationship to expansion? Is it big, bold, and fun? Or does it feel kind of scary and something that you don't really see yourself? You, you can't really imagine your current identity in a place of, of expansion or challenge or change that this house might represent. It also might mean that you need to expand more of your skill set before you can level up because it's right next to the 10th house. It, it precedes the 10th house. And because it's Leo, the way that you level up your skill set might have to be a little more creative and fun. It's kind of anticipating the role that you want to take up in your public roles in the 10th house. So how is that representative of your most authentic shining self? Yeah. It's very not, I'm going to school for the job that my parents want me to get. <laughs> yeah. It's what you really want. Yeah. Yeah, 10th house is Scorpio rising. Again, we're talking in whole sign houses, but you know, it's best when you look, especially if you're using Placidus, like I often do, you can have some cuspiness with all of mm -hmm. these. But anyway, 10th house, generally Scorpio rising. 10th house is career, public reputation. It's the role we want to take up in society and the contribution we want to leave the legacy we want to leave. And with Leo at the 10th house, it's like you might actually be in showbiz or you might be an artist or a performer of some kind. Or If you're an actor, don't scab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're jealous of this placement. The Scorpio rising with the Leo midheaven is a very seductive placement. Oh, yeah. That's why you can it's like stalk those Scorpios from across the room and they just yeah, magnetize you with their big goo-goo eyes. <laughs> it's very yeah, a sexy star. Yeah, for sure. With Venus going through the 10th house, people are really noticing you and it can bring in work and bring in money. But when it retrogrades, it could complicate it. It might not be what you expected or it might not be a relationship that you really wanted to attract <laughs> or a work proposition that you wanted to attract. Retrogrades, especially in the 10th house, really tend to show you what's out of balance with your work yeah. and your career. So working on your relationship with your boss is another manifestation. Does your reputation actually feel like an authentic recognition of who you are and what you want to express? The 11th house, Libra rising, that's all about your community, your friend circles, and the audience for your work, your 10th house work, um, your adoring fans, or your jeering <laughs> enemies. Um, what role are you playing inside of your group dynamics and your friendship circles? Do you feel comfortable taking up space in them? Once again, are you taking up too much space in them? Are you sucking up all the oxygen in the room, or are you always leaving your interactions with a group dynamic feeling smaller and like you didn't really say anything or nobody knows how you're doing. Mm -hmm. And also just envisioning the future, future goals. What does a future look like for your most confident, expressive Leo like persona? And how do you get there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially cause this is a, this is for a Libra rising and Libra is ruled by Venus. I feel like, it's interesting having Leo in the 11th house and Libra rising can be very on a shadow side people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So there may be really recognizing that people pleasing is in its own way too much attention on yourself. Yeah. Or even if you feel like you're doing the opposite and recognizing how much weight that can have. Totally. Good, good point. Last but not least, 12th house for Virgo rising. 12th house is the dreamy, solitary, spiritual realm of our chart. So are you letting all your subconscious feelings come out too dramatically? <laughs> are they wearing you? This is really a symbolic experience. Venus going through the 12th house could just be big signs. You're really noticing things in your dreams popping up or noticing symbols and signs all around that mean something important to yourself and your identity and your confidence and how you want to express yourself. And it's, it's also just spirituality and solitary reflection. So it's, do you have fun hanging out by yourself? <laughs> do you have fun communing with the spirits? on your own yeah try it <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't be a busybody virgo risings and just slow down and luxuriate yeah all right so we're coming to the final and very fun part of yes. our recommendations for venus and leo 
what can really get you in the mood. Yeah. The first one I have is George Clinton. <laughs> yes! I love it! Extremely Venus Leo. I mean, just look at his style, mm-hmm. his every color and every pattern possible, and also just... Practically a Muppet. <laughs> could, yeah, truly the most outrageous performance <laughs> style. I recommend watching specifically the Mike Judge Tales from the Tour Bus animation (laughs) on George Clinton. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't seen that one. Mike Judge is obviously King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead. King of my heart. He's so hot. He's so hot. Um, (laughs) So good. And he made an animated series. The first season was on country music, and the second one was on funk. And one episode is on George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, and it's... It's just really funny. And there's a whole anecdote about them performing for hours and George Clinton's fully naked with like chicken feet. (laughs) And then they turn on the lights and not a single person's in the room. (laughs) Which is the most Leo thing to just be like, we're still going. The show goes on. The show must go on. I'm going to be extremely exhibitionist and no one is even here to see it. Um, That's my first one. Dr. Funkenstein. My first one is private. Do a do some private singing. Do some car singing. It can be karaoke mm. in a private room. Specifically, if you if that's really not even your bag, I just need you to listen to "I Have Nothing" by Whitney Houston yes. loud as you possibly can in your car and or in your house, Whitney. A super duper bright shining star of a Leo that just. Yeah. The Venus and Leo divas, she just makes you feel it. She performs the hell out of every second. I mean, the raw charisma of Whitney Houston. I watched The Bodyguard not that long ago, and it's Mm. like, wow, what a terrible movie. (laughs) And Whitney Houston is such a bad actor, but every time she's on screen, you just have to smile because she's just so lovable and so charismatic. But honestly, this song, let it, let every key change heal you and sing along loud this is like a hairbrush moment leo another thing about it is the performance never stops the performance happens when there's no one else in the room quite like george (laughs) clinton like yeah the inner sense of performance is always happening even when you're completely by yourself um this is leo rising stuff i guess (laughs) um so be your own audience too i know i i had waiting to exhale on mine because uh, Angela Bassett, also a Leo son, Leo Venus, oh, and they're both in that. And uh, I feel like the other girls, there's like four girls in that, and I think they might all have major Leo placements. But R.I.P. Angel. I have, of course, I had to put Lady Miss Kira on there. <laughs> yes, yes. Her delight. Her. She was so formative to my middle school days discovering somebody's older sister gave me a delight cd oh, yes, and it older changed sisters, my life we love you yeah thank you and like an obvious one that everyone should watch is footage from 92 wood wigstock the delight performance is so fun in that the dancing everybody's just having the best time it's so good but my personal favorite as a gemini is this this is like so obscure, but I had to bring it up, is this promo booklet that was part of their album Infinity Within, and it's called The 276 Delightful Words. It's basically Lady Miss Keir's favorite words. <laughs> and some of <laughs> and them are. <laughs> and some of them are like obvious words, and some of them I've never heard before. But um, one of them that I love is Chiclet on the Strata. <laughs> That's the girl on the street. Chiclet on the strata. Chiclet on the strata. I love that. I know. Butterfly beat is a beat that makes you want to fly. Bonamane is nice hair. Oh my god. Bonamane. <laughs> Bonalali's nice legs. <laughs> and beige trash is upscale white trash. <laughs> she has so oh many god, more, I but if you can it. find a copy of it, it's, yeah. I remember when I found it, I spent all of my days in math class writing my own version. I wish I still had it somewhere. Oh, yeah. but That's so, so Gemini. I <laughs> love that. Yeah, ooh, let's make up some words. <laughs> yeah, but we we love Lady Miss Care. She's so 
amazing. Because we love Lady Mascara. Yeah, yeah. This recommendation is kind of like two together because they pair, they're so paired. And this is definitely for my Leo Risings out there because you understand the, the pain of performance. <laughs> <laughs> But the first one is Vertigo. Yeah, Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Huge Leo with yeah. Venus and Leo. And Leo, Sun, Leo Rising? Or is he Scorpio Rising? Scorpio Moon? Oh, I don't know. He is Leo Rising, Leo Venus, Leo Sun. Wow. Um, and obviously, I don't think anyone... Everyone's probably seen Vertigo, so no spoilers. But, um, <laughs> I mean, so, yes, spoilers. But, um... <laughs> It's the story of this detective that has been hired to follow this woman that he falls in love with, but she has been hired to perform the role of this woman to basically mislead this detective and cover up a murder, but she falls in love with him and the, he falls in love with the performance of her Mm -hmm. and how this whole movie it's so psychological and freudian in all the most delicious ways but it really does question what when do you what roles do you inhabit for love (laughs) basically and how far are you willing to go to perform them for love uh and how much of your actual self are you willing to sacrifice inside of the performance and inside of uh, all of that really is to recommend this other film phoenix which uh, have you seen phoenix no Oh my God. Is that Hitchcock? No, oh. but it's very Vertigo inspired. Uh, it's this 20, 2014 film. It's German. Who's the director here? Oh yeah, Christian Petzold starring Nina Haas, who is so good. She has Venus and Leo. She plays, if you've seen Tar, she plays Tar's wife. Um, I still haven't seen Tar either. Malia! I know. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about this off mic. I don't want them to hear us fight. <laughs> but this film takes place in Berlin right after the end of World War II. The main character is this woman named Nellie, who was a singer Mm. who's just returning from the camps. She has had reconstructive facial surgery because she was shot in the face and survived. So she is returning to find her ex-boyfriend in Berlin, a musician who may have turned her in to the Nazis. Wow. But so she comes back and she looks different and she comes and sees her old boyfriend and he doesn't believe it's her, but he tries to involve her in this scheme to impersonate her old self because he believes that Nellie is dead in order to get her fortune essentially because all of her family died. And so she inherited this big fortune. So this whole film is this dance of this woman who is obviously incredibly traumatized Mm -hmm. to say the very least. And she is being coached by her old husband. I think he's her husband actually to play the role of her old self before, before the war and being told that she's not being like her old self or doesn't look like her old self until she does convincingly play this role. And I don't want to spoil too much, but it's sort of like, inside of this relationship this incredibly noir and psychological tale about love and betrayal but it's also just our relationships to our various selves and the performance of self and what happens when you are performing a self that is actually and effectively dead inside of the story and it ends in an actual performance a musical performance that will just knock you on your ass watch phoenix it's incredible that sounds like a perfect recommendation it is so good i wish every and the guy that plays her husband is so hot everyone <laughs> needs to see this movie it's so moody and mm, it's tight it's very tight mm. i have quite a few movie rec- recommendations but i'm not gonna go into them too much because most of them are really recognizable but it's more about these directors that have leo venus often casting people mm-hmm. with leo venus there's just an interesting aesthetic meld that mm-hmm. happens kubrick is one yes eyes wide shut yes. tom cruise and nicole kidman both have leo venus so does kubrick and so does kubrick yeah and um uh pt anderson amy adams has leo venus philip seymour hoffman is a leo i of course love 
Bob Fosse, all yes, that jazz. Bob and too. one of them that I, I really love too is Ken Russell, Perv Supreme, <laughs> Leo Venus, <laughs> Crimes Grand of Passion. <laughs> yeah. Crimes of Passion starring Kathleen Turner. She's a Leo Venus. She's great. She's so Leo Venus. She's, yeah, she's basically like an architect by day, prostitute by night. And her whole like sex work journey is constantly playing different characters that all these men want her to play and she'll play a beauty pageant queen or lady liberty (laughs) or like it's just a really over-the-top colorful fun movie and the last one is george kuchar who you know he makes these experimental films and he's made hundreds and hundreds of them I couldn't even recommend one, but he has such good Leo titles like (laughs) I, an actress, or Color Me Shameless, or Hold Me While I'm Naked. He's just really entertaining and over the top, too. That's so fab. We had so much overlap. I love that. And sidebar, Eyes Wide Shut actually came out in the shadow period before Leo went retrograde. Oh my God, really? Uh Uh-huh. In did they divorce during? A- I, they didn't. I looked. I was like, oh, oh baby, let's close this out with a bang. They didn't. Um, that was they did, that didn't line up. Um, and I love how the end of that movie it's subverting their role as this public it couple, totally. and he's basically this bumbling cuck who essentially is like <laughs> gets so thrown by her fantasy by a female desire that he spends this whole movie just absolutely confused and just getting yeah. more confused. <laughs> and at the very end, she's like, "There's one." thing we need to do as soon as possible and fuck and that's like the end of the movie my last ones because we had so much gorgeous overlap is waiting for goffman like i said yeah the town of blaine missouri putting on a show (laughs) and pearl oh yeah Yeah. like just so fun so fab you know movies about insane people that want to be famous (laughs) yeah a couple funny ones that I thought was supposedly Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary has to be this And Miami, Florida. <laughs> yeah, go go to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're gonna you might go through some tender territories in Venus retrograde because it is about our loving relational selves and our connections to others and you know, sometimes our connections to ourselves too. Yeah. That can be that can be some challenging territory, but above all, it's Leo. Have fun with it. Yeah, life is hard. We love you, Leos, for entertaining us through it. Yeah, thank you for putting on the show of a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> Till next time. Bye. Bye.